0: As you watch this teaching, I would like to ask you to please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it.
1: Welcome to Home Group. My name is Rick Renner and tonight, we're gonna be focusing on the question of demons. It's gonna be really, really good and you're gonna be encouraged and you're gonna learn so much tonight. And I'm here with Denise Renner, who is very pretty tonight.
2: Thank you, Rick.
1: And Mr. Joel Renner. We're very glad that you're here. But please remember that if you need prayer, you can contact us. We believe Jeremiah 33.3. 3. It says, call unto me and I'll show you great and mighty things. But You know what? It's not enough just to call. You have to call out in faith. God responds to faith. God does not even respond to tears. He responds to faith. And if you'll contact us, we'll call out to God in faith with you, for whatever it is you need for God to do in your life, and
0: He will show you great and mighty things. I believe that. Joel, so welcome to the program. Thank you, thank you. It's good to be with you all. But I want to get right into the questions. Okay, let's do okay. uh, it. Okay, question number one for this evening: Can you become demon possessed by watching certain TV programs or by listening to certain kinds of music? Well, that's a very good question, but first we have to address the phrase demon
1: possessed. Mm-hmm. Because that is a very bad translation of a Greek word, and it is translated badly all over the Gospels. Let me give you an example. Open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 4, where Matthew tells us about the ministry of Jesus. And in Matthew chapter 4, listen to what it says, verse 23. And Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people, verse 24. And His fame went throughout all Syria. By the way, the word fame is the Greek word for the ear. It means that ears were just buzzing with information about what Jesus was doing. Everybody was hearing about it. Mm -hmm. And His fame went throughout all Syria and they brought unto Him all sick people that were taken with divers diseases and torments and those which were possessed with devils and those which were lunatic and those that had the palsy and he healed them. Well, this is a very, very interesting verse. Notice specifically in the middle of the verse, it says those that were possessed with devils. That is a horrible translation of a Greek word and it's caused all kinds of misunderstanding. It is a Greek word which means to be demonized, demonized. You can be demonized without being possessed. To be possessed implies that you are so totally possessed you don't have a will of your own, you don't have a say-so of your own. That is not what it's talking about. It's talking about people that were demonized or they were ill-affected by demons. I'll give you an example. When you come to Mark chapter 5, an amazing text which describes the demoniac of Gadara. The Bible says he was possessed. The Greek word says he was demonized. Here's a great example. He had a legion of demons. A legion is almost 6,000. But he was not possessed. He still had a will. He still had a mind of his own. The Bible says when he saw Jesus, he ran to Jesus. If he was possessed, those demons would not have allowed him to run toward Jesus. He still had control over a part of his mind. Even that man was not totally possessed. He was demonized. He was infiltrated with demons, but he was not totally demon-possessed, which means even somebody in the worst demonic condition still has enough of their own mind to make a choice to be set free. And the example is the demoniac of Mark chapter 5. So first of all, the words demon-possessed are really wrong. That's great for movies That's great for stories, but the fact is there are many people, even people who go to church, that are demonized. Somehow there's an influence in their soul that affects the way they think or what they believe, and that leads to your question. Can you become demonized, that would be a better question, by watching certain things on TV or certain movies or by listening to certain music? And the answer is, yes, you can be ill-affected. Those are door openers. Those are door openers. I'll give you an example. When I was a young man, I loved to watch horror movies. I loved horror movies. Can you imagine it? And the bloodier and the scarier, oh, it just thrilled me. And I watched horror movie after horror movie after horror movie after horror movie, and it opened a door for many attacks to come into my life. People tried to kill us. Back when we were living in Arkansas, we had several events where people really threatened to kill us. We had one man that was so crazy (laughs) that we had to have him extradited from another state and put in jail because his threats to kill us was so serious. And I remember one day thinking, what in the world opened the door for all of this? And the Holy Spirit said, you've opened a door because of what you have watched. I had meditated on the wrong images. How about young people who listen to music filled with wicked lyrics? Let me tell you how demons work just want to make it real easy. People are affected by demons in the same way that you can be affected by the mood in a room. If you are in a room that's filled with light, it feels brighter. Upbeat music, it affects you. It affects your soul. It affects your emotions. If you turn the lights down and you turn on eerie music and depressing music that it's in minor keys, it has a drag on your soul. It will take you down. Well, the area where people become ill-affected by demons is not in their spirits, it's in their souls. And they become affected. And if you're in an environment that's filled with the Word of God and praise and worship and a positive preaching of the Word of God, it will enable you to remain free. If you get into an environment where you're watching something that's negative and fear-filled, just like a dark negative environment can affect your mood, spiritually it can affect you. I think it's very helpful. It's one reason why I don't like it today, why it seems like all the churches are in the dark. God is light. Turn the lights on. My goodness, God is light. We need to bring light into people's lives. So, people can become demonized or demon affected by their environment. That does not mean they are demon possessed. Even many Christians are demon affected because they're looking at the wrong thing, believing the wrong thing, or hanging out with the wrong crowd. Anything that can affect your soul, that's what demons will affect.
2: Your ears and your eyes are gates to your soul. So what you're watching, what you're listening to has power over your soul.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. Another area probably that would fall in this category of music, movies, TV shows is video games. Oh, absolutely. Video games, I I think they're, they're just a gate to hell. It looks like it. When I see what games are now coming out. I think, what is wrong with these people?
1: Well, hey, I remember when you guys were young, if we were in America and we went to see somebody had kids and we heard you in the back room playing with those kids on a video game saying, kill them, kill them, kill them, we immediately said, we got to go home. We were not going to allow our children to sit around and fill their mind with that garbage. Demons operate through that. doesn't mean your kids are going to be demon-possessed but your kids' thoughts can be affected. And that leads us to the next question. Mm -hmm. Can Satan put thoughts into your head? If yes, how does he do it? Well, that really is my personal testimony. Because when I was a young child, my thoughts were very badly affected by thoughts the devil was putting into my mind. I believed that I was of no value. I believed that I was inferior. It has gripped me. I lived in a prison. I just lived in a prison. And the devil's aim was to take me down. But I got set free when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit on January eleventh, 1974. Hallelujah for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you've never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, please reach out to us. We'll pray with you. You will be gloriously filled with the Holy Spirit. But when you come to Ephesians 6, verse 11, there's a very important verse. About this question, can the devil put thoughts in your head? And it says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That word wiles and the word devil is very important. The word wiles is a Greek word methodius. It describes one who travels on a road or one who is on his way to a destination. And it tells us that when the devil begins to operate, he has a goal. He knows where he's headed, he has a destination, and in most cases the devil is headed toward people's minds. You know why? Because the devil knows if he can affect your mind, he can affect your whole life. If he can penetrate your mind and affect your self-image, that it will, it will affect how you carry on in your relationships, how you project yourself, whether you ever get a job or whether you're ever promoted, it will make you be demoted. He knows if he can affect your mind, He can take you down. Mm -hmm. It's the same reason why God wants your mind. God wants you to renew your mind. Because if you're thinking right, you'll get promoted, you'll be healed, you'll be happy, your relationships will be positive, God's after your mind, the devil's after your mind. But this word wiles tells us the devil's headed toward the mind and the word devil, the Greek word diabolos, describes one who repetitiously strikes and strikes and strikes and strikes and strikes. And here's what you find, the devil is headed toward our minds, trying to strike strike our mind and strike our mind and strike our mind and strike our mind and beat down our resistance until finally we just surrender and he penetrates the mind. And when he penetrates the mind, we're told in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, he then begins to build in the mind a stronghold. Well, the word stronghold is a very old Greek word which describes a prison and it describes a castle. It's the same word. The devil imprisons you with your thoughts, you become enslaved to your thoughts, you're behind bars. And the lie in your head becomes so strong, it's like a fortified castle. The people who could help you can't seem to get through to you because you are so mm, caught up in this lie that even prohibits them from getting access to you to be able to help you. And all of that happens through thoughts. Through thoughts. Now some people say, can the devil read your thoughts? I I really don't care if the devil can read my thoughts. I just want to make sure that my mind doesn't receive his thoughts. Mm -hmm. And so to make sure he doesn't find entrance to my mind, I'm very careful about what I read, what I look at, what I listen to, who I talk to, who has access to me. I make sure that I'm putting the right thoughts into my mind. If I'm going to have a stronghold, I want to have a good stronghold. I want to have a stronghold of truth in my mind that will stop the devil from getting into my mind. But most of the devil's attacks, mostly they don't begin in the body, they don't begin in your finances, they don't begin in your marriage, they begin in a thought. That's how the devil finds entrance to people's lives. That's why we have to be able to take our thoughts captive. Denise?
2: Well, I'm thinking of the definition of uh, Satan, the accuser, the slanderer, the liar, the destroyer. So he's after anything that God has given you that's good. He's after it. And of course, I've learned these things from my husband. The devil's a kleptomaniac. It you know, says in John chapter 10, verse 10, that the thief came to steal, kill, and destroy. And that
1: word thief is, is the word thief and the word steal is the word klepto.
2: So he is, he has he's addicted
1: to stealing. To
2: stealing. If you have something good, he wants it. If you have a good mood, he wants it. If you have peace in your heart, he wants it. If you have money in your pocket, he wants
1: it's it. It's not that he needs it.
2: Uh-uh, he just wants it.
1: He's just a kleptomania. He is
2: a thief. He's a thief. But we have the thief stopper on the inside of a us. The
1: greater is he that's in you than he that's in the, the world. The
2: greater one. The greater one's in you than he that's in the
1: world. Amen. Joel, next question. Is there a hierarchy In the demonic realm. (laughs) Yes, there is. And the Apostle Paul describes it in Ephesians 6, verse 12. So turn there. And in Ephesians 6, verse 12, Paul is speaking by revelation. And he says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. He lists four categories. He begins with the highest category, which is the word principalities. From the Greek word Arches, it describes something very ancient and the highest position. So these are high-ranking demon spirits that have held their lofty, lofty positions since ancient, ancient times. They're at the top. Under them, there's a category called powers from the Greek word Exousia, which describes those that have received license from their authorities to do what they want to do wherever they wish to do it. These like our roaming spirits. Then he mentions the rulers of the darkness of this world, a very strange Greek word, the Greek word kosmokroteros, from the word "cosmos" it describes order. The word kratos, which is the Greek word for power, you put the two words together, kosmokroteros, it describes a military base or a boot camp where normally soldiers would be trained to do what they do, which means the devil is so serious about his victimization of the human race, he doesn't do it by accident. He trains demons how to do what they do. There are certain demons that do cancer, that's all they do, that's their tool. There are certain demons that do divorce, that's their weapon, that's what was put in their hand in demonic boot camp. There are certain spirits that are spirits of strife, spirits of addiction, these are spirits. And when they're finished bringing havoc into one person's life, they disengage and move on to the next person because that's what they do. They're trained to do what they do which tells us the church better get serious because the devil is very serious about what he is doing. And then lastly, it mentions spiritual wickedness in high places. Well, the word wickedness is the word puneros. It describes something that is malevolent, wicked. I mean, just wicked, malevolent, something that wants to do as much damage as it can. What's wrong in this verse is the King James Version calls it high places. It's the Greek word eros, which really describes our environment, Mm. which means once these demons are trained, then they are dispatched. They're not dispatched into the outer cosmos where there's no people. Why would they be? They're sent low into our atmosphere where they can begin to afflict human beings. And the reason the devil hates human beings is because we're made in the image of God. Every time he sees a human being, he sees God. He hates God. It's not about you. He hates God. He's trying to hurt the heart of God. Of course, he's trying to hurt you too. He's after the image of God. He's after the image of God in your child, in your grandchild, in your spouse, in your friend. He hates anything made in the image of God. But what you find in Ephesians 6 verse 12 is the enemy is very organized in his victimization of the human race. But if you read the rest of Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, we have everything we need to stand against him. And we can. And if he tries to enter our realm, we can push him back across the line and say, excuse me, this is my territory, not yours. You can resist him. And by the way, I have a great book on this called Dressed to Kill. You ought to order that book. You can order it at our website. Just go online or give us a call. Okay, next question. Is self-deliverance from demons possible? Absolutely. Absolutely. First of all, from demons. We really mean from a demonic influence. Mm -hmm. This could be wrong thinking. It could be just an ill-affected influence in your life. Something that you permitted because of something you watched or something, an environment that just affected you. You can be self-delivered. Absolutely. In fact, I'll give you a verse for that. You ready? Let's turn to the book of James And in James chapter 1, verse 21, James says, Lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and listen to this, receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. That word save is a Greek word, sozo, it means deliver your head. The head is where oppression takes place. Now it can move into your body, but it starts in your head. But this verse says, if you will receive the engrafted word, engrafted describes something that's not original in you. It's been placed in you. It's really talking about you receiving the word of God. It's like a person that has received an organ transplant. You know, if you don't have that organ transplant, you're going to die. But when you receive an organ transplant, it's an organ from someone else. It's placed in you. It's not natural to you. It's engrafted. And what does your body do when you receive an organ transplant? It tries to reject it. Likewise, the Word of God that has the power to save you, you will try to reject it. You'll say, this is hard. This is so hard. Everything in your system will try to reject the very Word that has the power to deliver you. You've got to receive the Word of God. And if you'll accommodate it, and do everything you can to get it down deep inside you, this verse promises you can save your soul. The word soul in this case, the word suitcase, which describes the realm of the mind and the emotions, the area of you that has been ill-affected. You can experience self-deliverance. Very important question.
2: Have you ever just had something in your life and you just don't know you don't even know where it came from and you don't know how to get out of it? Well, you can self-deliver and James chapter four verse 8 says draw near to God and he'll draw near to you and this happened to me many years ago I've drawn near to God drawn near to God I didn't know how to change myself but I'm telling you one thing he's faithful to his word and when he draws near to you he draws near to you with power. He draws near to you with deliverance. He draws near to you with soundness of mind. Because he's coming with himself to come and touch you. Amen. So when we draw near to him, he's he, he, God, the Lord Jesus Christ, is coming near to us.
1: You know, I feel like we're supposed to end with that question tonight, and we're supposed to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen. We thank you for the delivering power of God. We bind Mm. every work of the enemy in the mind, the will, the emotions. Amen. Father, I pray that we will embrace the Word of God until it just delivers every area of our life. And we thank you that you promise in James 1.21, it has the power to deliver us. Yes. In Jesus' name,
2: amen. Amen.
1: But hey, go to bed and have a great weekend. And if there's a way we can pray for you, please let us know. We
0: love you. Bye-bye. If that teaching helped you, would you please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it.